You're listening to a DM podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Talking League. Hello everyone and welcome back to Talking League, your weekly NRL fantasy podcast. Jason here with another version of the Mercato Audible. Off the back of the feedback we received off the first version of an Audible version of one of our articles, we're coming back with another one. Now this is the version of the Mercato Buys, Looping and the Deer Caper, which was published by us on the 30th of January, about a fortnight before we record this today on the 13th of February. So... We'll go through the content of the article. Please note it has been slightly updated since it was initially published. But before we get into the article, just a reminder that Talking League is looking to have our listeners be much more involved with the show in 2023. There's two main ways that you can get involved. The first one being Team Doctor. So every Monday, TK, Gus and Riley will go through with the listeners team, break it down, provide some suggestions and some feedback on how to improve the balance of the side to hopefully improve their rank across the NRL fantasy season. If you'd like to be involved on the Team Doctor Show, flick us an email to info at talkingleaguepod.com or flick us a message on the socials and give us a little bit of background about your NRL fantasy journey, your team and any questions that you've got for the lads. And by popular demand, in 2023, the Talking League hotline will be making its much awaited return. If you'd like to be on the show, give us a call on 2 84057938 or calling from overseas 6128405 leave a message on the answering machine there and you may get played out on the show keep it clean but again love to hear what, what you'd have to say so let's rip into this article buyers looping and the deer keeper so a little bit of a fun fact or not so fun fact Heinz uh, in old English uh, is Deer Keeper, hence the title of the article and the very basic diagram that appeared when this article was published on the website. So in this article, I go through a, key, a few key themes, basically about buys and looping, and then as well talking about uh, the increase in team value throughout the season and how that relates to taking Nico Hines uh, from the start of the NRL fantasy season. So we'll start by having a look at the NRL's announcement where there's been a change or an amendment as they called it to the 18th player rule and essentially you know in short form you only require two failed HOAs this year to activate your 18th player previously it was three so what that means is is that there's more chance that the 18th man is activated in games so from a sporting perspective I think it makes sense you know if a team's unfortunate to lose two players to failed HOAs I'd like to think that they'll be able to bring that player in. Of course, keeping in mind that if a player is a victim of foul play, they can automatically be replaced by the 18th man. From an NRL fantasy perspective, it probably creates more problems than uh, solves. Because if you happen to own an 18th man of any team from that week, if they get injected into the game in garbage time, they might play five minutes, grab a couple of points, which uh, ruins your loop if you've used them for a loop, particularly if it's late in the round and you can't make any changes. And of course, as well, you know, that ruins their break-even formula. You know, break-evens work off beating that break-even each week to increase their price. One bad score basically carks those price rises for that particular player. So 
When it comes to looping in 2023, the best way to do it is by using the plays that you have on a buy. Now, as we've seen in previous seasons, buy round plays don't lock until the final lockout, basically when the final game kicks off. So you can move that player around until the last game kicks off, and of course any other plays that haven't locked out up until that point. A key thing to note though is with the player ownership of teams that have a buy in the first 12 rounds, most coaches are going to have a, a DNP or did not play at their disposal in pretty much every single round up until Origin. Now, in the initial article, um, there were some plays that were above 10%. Now in this one, there's a few that have flipped out back in. As of today, the 13th of February, these are the following players that have 10%, 10 ownership or more in the teams that have a buy leading up until round 12. So round one, Tyrell Sloan, 22% owned by fantasy coaches. Expect that to increase as we get closer to round one. Seagull's got the buy in round two. So Josh Schuster, nearly 24%, and Ben Javoy, it's just over 12%. The Panthers have got the buy in round three. Nathan Cleary, no surprises here, 38.56% ownership. Luke Garner, just above 21%. Sonny Luke, above 15%. Mitch Kenny and Spencer Lanyu, just above 10%. For the Roosters, who've got a buy in round four. Brand Smith, nearly owned by half the comp at 47.22%. James Tedesco, nearly a quarter of the comp at 25.4%. Joseph Manu at 17.92%. And Joseph Suwali'i at 16.12%. So the Titans, we've got a buy in round five. Tanner Boyd, almost at 15%. Expect that to climb closer to 20% as we get uh, closer to round one. Cleese Haas, 13.38%, and Alofiana Khan Pereira, 12.86% ownership. For the Sharks, they've only got one player owned by 10% or more of NRL Fantasy coaches, and that's, of course, Nico Hines, nearly a quarter of the comp at 25.38%. For the Tigers, they've got a buy in round seven. Tommy Talao, nearly 20%, and Sean Bloor, almost 12% ownership. For the Raiders, just the one player. Uh, that will be missing in round 8 from the 10% ownership category, and that's Joseph Tarpanade, 11.93%. For the Storm, we've got a buy in round 9. Jack Howarth is in over 17% of teams. Harry Grant is in above 16% of teams. And Elisa Katoa at 15.15% ownership. The Knights have got the buy in round 10. Lockie Miller at 23.54% ownership, and Adam Elliott 13.95% ownership. The Dolphins, we've got a buy in round 11. Hamiso Tabuifado, also known as my love interest, at 36.98%. Raystone at 28.28%. Valence Tafare, 27.48%. Isaiah Katoa, 21.26%. Cody Nikorima, 13.29%. And the Warriors, who were the last team to have a buy before Origin in round 12. Tamayri Martin at 20.24%. And Charles Nickel Crookstar, 13.15%. So, as you can see with this list, lots of relevant fantasy players that are owned by quite a fair percentage of, of coaches. Now, a couple of things to take from this list. A lot of these plays are base price plays, so they're 230, 250k. So they could be placeholders for other 230, 250k plays that might actually get a go in round one. Not a strategy I would personally use. Uh, but again, keep in mind with some of those numbers. I'd say Cleese Haas is probably a great example of a player that you, you know, would be dubious on that ownership remaining at that uh, leading into round one. There's also several players that uh, will be fantasy relevant that are approaching 10% ownership. So Tom Gilbert, 9.83%. Now, I don't think he's fantasy relevant personally, but the fact that nearly 10% of coaches will pick him does make him relevant in terms of an anti-pod perspective. Justin Muttermore, 9.36%. 
Stefano Utigamanu at 9.31%, Cameron Munster at 8.47%, Jackson Hastings 736 and Mitchell Barnett 7.03. Again, all players that should be relatively relevant because coaches who are experienced and active will be taking them in their squads. And again, I'll even keep in mind with these ownership percentages, they could fluctuate based on injuries and suspensions. You know, for example, Xavier Savage was the only player that was 10% ownership or higher for the Raiders. When this article was initially published a fortnight ago, obviously with the news of his facial fracture, he's going to be unavailable and his percentage of ownership has dropped. So again, that'll fluctuate with players. And the other thing to keep in mind as well, particularly from, say, round seven onwards, if you have a cash cow from round one, they might get five or six price rises and done their job and you can trade them out. So again, those later teams, probably not as relevant as, say, the first five or six rounds. But the key thing you can take away from those ownership percentages is that plenty of coaches will be running with at least one organic DMP or did not play basically every round up until Origin. And with that in mind, I don't think you need to panic too much if you have no more than two players from the team that has the buy in the early round. Now, the later we get into the season, the less you should be concerned about having an expensive player or multiple players on a buy. Now, there's a few reasons for that including the fact that your team value will expend past 10 million from round two onwards. You can also trade out players that lessens your coverage from a certain team. You may trade in players that offer better positional coverage, so especially those dual position players, that can help you cover the absence of those players during that particular buy round. You can also trade in players after their first buy round, so you know Seagulls players, Dragons players might be highly relevant in this instance. And of course, again, you can also trade in cash cows or other undervalued assets after round one that make your team value higher than its actual value when your players have buyers. Now, what I mean by that is, is that we might have an excellent cash cow come on the scene that costs us, say, 350k, but they're charting as a player that's going to score at 40. So realistically, their value on paper is 350k, but in terms of their real or perceived value, it's closer to 500, which again, makes that equation for you much less risky having that high-value player out for that particular round. Now, in terms of those reasons as to you know, be less concerned about those absences, the expansion of your team value is the most important one of those because I would expect for most coaches, from round two all the way up to round 13, your team value, including the cash and bank, is going to increase as we go through because even if you have one player that scores below their BE due to a poor performance or an early concussion, most of your team, those undervalued assets that you've got, are going to continue to outperform their BE and continue to rise in value. When you've got more of them increasing than you do decreasing, your team values, of course, continually going to go up. Now, in a regular NRL fantasy season, most active coaches will be having their team value reach between 10.3 to 10.5 in round two. So that's straight off the bat, 300k minimum price rises. Getting to round three, 10.4 to 10.6. Round six, you'd want to be hitting at least 11 million, so somewhere between 11 to 11.25. 11.5 by round eight. 12 million by round 10, and then by round 13, you want to be very, very close to 13 million. Now, what that means is, is obviously the larger the team value you have, the more value you can have attached to the seven team scoring plays in those rounds. Now, the best way to contextualize this is to actually have a look at the most expensive player in the game, Nico Hines, the deer keeper. Now, for me personally, I've nailed my colors to the master. Cameron Murray is my captain choice, and he will be my most expensive player in my starting squad unless something uh, happens to him before round one kickoff. Now, in terms of why I'm doing that, 
I've explained so in a player and focus video available on Facebook and as well on the introductory pod around the 26 minute mark, I then go into the reasons as to why I'm aiming for Murray as my main man. But in saying that, I'm not going to be telling anyone not to go near Hines. In fact, I would be telling coaches to pick him over Cleary as he's less likely to feature in Origin because, of course, Cleary is the incumbent Kangaroos and New South Wales halfback. And as well, he's had a better rest in the offseason, of course, not going on the Kangaroos tour, unlike Cleary. Now, looking at Hines, he comes in at 984k on 9.84% of your starting salary cap, which, don't get me wrong, it's a significant portion. And that buy that he's got in round six, at first glance, would see you almost have 10% of your team value not scoring your points in round six. Again, assuming that you don't have any other Sharks players, which, you know, someone like Teague Wilton may be of interest to some coaches. But, as we said before, when you get to round six, your team value is probably going to be at 11 million anyway. So let's just say Hines is at $1 million. He's scoring quite well, basically on or above what he's currently priced at. You'd still have $10 million or 91% of your salary cap available in the other 20 players in your squad that might potentially be able to score for you in round six. If your team value is higher than $11 million, then of course that percentage of your cap, you know, that 9% uh, occupied by Hines in round six might actually be lower. So you've got even more money to score your points in round six. Now, of course... Looking at your team in round six, you're going to have to have at least 690k of that not scoring for you in your other three NPRs, assuming Hines is one of them. Although it's probably more likely to be somewhere between 800 to 900k because your cash cows have probably increased off base value by this point. Now, you might be thinking, oh, that's a lot of money to not have scoring for me in round six, you know, nearly 900k in those three plays. But keeping in mind as well, in round one, you have to have a minimum of 920k not scoring for you because you have to have four MPRs and the minimum value they can be is 230k each. So, yeah, you look at round one, most people will have Sloan as that high ownership buy around looper in round one. But, you know, you can still loop with Hines in round six. You know, obviously, you'd, you'd prefer to have a 230k looper instead of a one mean looper. But, hey, that's part of the fun of owning Nico Hines when he's got a buy in round six. Now, of course, with captaincy, though, when we're comparing Cleary and Hines, Nathan Cleary's buys in round three, Hines is in round six. So when it comes to who's going to deputise as captain for Cleary, you've only got two rounds of sample size to work out who's reliable in terms of the minutes they're getting or the play style. You know, are they goal kicking? You know, depending on who's going to deputise for you, you've only got two rounds to basically work out, okay, who's my safest bet for my captaincy? Whereas with Hines, with that buy in round six, you've got five rounds. So you've got a fair sample size there to work out, okay, Joseph Tarpany is quite solid. He's getting 50-55 minutes. I'm going to trust Sticky one more round and get me a good score. Uh, or you might have, say, like a Matt Burton and go, okay, he's got a pretty favourable matchup this week. He's averaged 55 to this point. I'm just going to go with him. You've got a little bit more sample size there. So when you factor that in, in terms of the Hines having a better off-season, less likely to be involved in Origin, and the fact that his buy comes a bit later so you can sort of accommodate that absence compared to Cleary, that's why I'd be picking him over Cleary. Now, of course, if you want to go for Cleary, go for your life. But I'm just saying strategically, if we're assuming that Cleary and Hines are going to average the same, Hines is by far the better option to take out of those two. Now, again, I'm not going to be taking Hines from round one. But any coach that is, I think is a fantastic idea to do. So for me, I'm going to be looking to try and time it after his first buy there in round six. Most likely round 14 is probably where I'm going to be looking to pick him up because he'll have a buy in round six and a buy in round 13. So two of his buys will be out of the way and then we'll know whether he's going to be involved in origin or not. 
Plus, as well, we'll know what type of scorer he's going to be in 2023, which we'll expect him to be basically at the same level as 2022, maybe even slightly better in terms of, you know, Dan Carter helping him with his goal kicking and the like. So that's uh, that's how I see those three coaches. Captain options, sorry, captains the options, sorry. Uh, again, for me, I'm going Murray. Most likely what I'll probably do, and this is something I'll talk about in my next Mercado article called The Portfolio, is I'm aiming to take Murray for the first 12 rounds, and then I'll look to utilize his value, because he'll have not played any buyers and not have had any origin then, to then pick up Hines in round 14, and obviously try and use some triangle trades to pick in some round 13 relevant players before then picking up Hines after his second buy. So that wraps up this version of the Mercato buys and the deer keeper in terms of looping uh i didn't go through looping in depth in this particular article and the reason for that is in the talking league textbook uh, we've got a few pages on different looping strategies and how it all works so again if you haven't purchased a copy of the textbook already head to talkingleaguepod.com there's a free 20 page sample available there for you to try before you buy but essentially it's your ultimate strategy guide for the 2023 nrl fantasy season of course, minimum of 20% of all proceeds downloaded to Bell Cancer Australia, which is honouring the legacy of the late Steve Nichols, who was the inspiration behind the Talking League textbook with the Renegades Fantasy Prospectus that he co-authored in 2016 and 2017. Of course, if you'd like to know more information about Bell Cancer, including the symptoms to look out for, you can visit bellcanceraustralia.org in Australia and bellcancernz.org.nz in New Zealand. And again, this podcast has only come out based off your feedback so if you do want to see more of our articles put into audio format please let us know in the comments or jump in the socials and uh, let us know and of course as well if you're enjoying the podcast don't forget to leave a review on your preferred spotify or apple podcast app Uh, it certainly means a lot to us and again helps with reputation when it comes to trying to bring the best value content for you in 2023 and beyond but this is the end of the mercado audible part two Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of Talking League.